Welcome to Mental Wealth, the podcast to invest in your mind. Here I will help you make sense of your mind and behaviours, giving you the tools to have your best life. There is so much to share, so let's get into this episode and explore another great topic. Welcome to episode 7. We've called this one Dare to Take Time Away from Your Socials. Thank you for tuning in and for loaning me your attention. In this episode, I'm delighted to share this space with a very special guest. And we're going to be talking about some of the negative effects of social media, continuing that from a previous episode. But we also need to think about what can we do instead and how this might help us. And my guest is an expert in this field. So if you or someone you know gets a bit stuck on socials and then notices maybe that you don't feel so good, then this episode is definitely for you. So I'm happy to say that my guest today is Lucy Woods. Lucy qualified to teach mindfulness-based stress reduction with the Mindful Academy International. And she is in her third year of a master's in mindfulness with Bangor University. So an expert in her field. And I am really grateful to her for coming on and sharing her wisdom in this episode. So here's my chat with Lucy. I hope you enjoy it. So I am delighted to be joined to have this conversation with Lucy Woods. Welcome, Lucy. Thank you for having me, Alison. Lovely to be here. Oh, tell everyone a little bit about you. Your business is called Presence of Mind. Tell everyone a little bit about who you are. So essentially, I am a, a mindfulness specialist and teacher, Uh we, we were just talking before we came on, weren't we, about the kind of myths around what mindfulness is. And I think there is quite a lot of confusion. And I like to think of it as brain training. I think that's the most accessible thing. We look after our bodies physically, we train them, um, but we don't give as much care to our mind. And often our minds kind of do what they want. They've been allowed to run amok. Is that the right word? <laughs> and so we don't have, seem to have any agency over our thoughts. And we find ourselves sometimes spending hours ruminating or, or thinking about worrying things might never even happen or dwelling on the past. And we, we, that, that brings a feeling in the present moment, because that ability to think about it sets off our primitive fight flight response, which I know you've talked about in previous podcasts. Um, so actually we're making ourselves feel bad just by our thoughts. So what we're training our brain to do is be more aware of where our minds are going, how that makes us feel so that we can choose behaviors that are more helpful. So if we have in our best creative thought, then brilliant. We know we are, and we can indulge that. But if we find ourselves worrying about something in the future that may never even happen, and it's making us feel sick or anxious, we've trained ourselves to come back again. And the training happens through a particular type of meditation, which involves paying attention to the present moment and being here right now, knowing what we're doing as we're doing it. And it's so important, isn't it, to remind ourselves that that's what we're trying to achieve. Because I do hear people say, oh, oh I've tried mindfulness, I've tried meditation, it didn't work. And it in that, it can't be like that. It has to be very much no, it's about keeping coming back, keeping coming back. And then when you do come back, just notice how much better or how different it feels. And I think that's where the power is. 
It is, and we know from the research, Harvard did a massive experiment with an app, funnily enough, we're talking about social media today, but it pinged them at certain times throughout the day saying, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? And asked them to kind of grade how happy they were. And unsurprisingly, at least 50%, well, it's just under 50% of the time, uh, people's mind was somewhere else other than with what they were doing. But the most interesting fact is people were happier when they were present with what they were doing even if what they'd been thinking about was something pleasant like a nice holiday they were still happier when engaged in the present moment and that's why we have hobbies like knitting and playing musical instruments or painting or gardening or whatever because it helps to bring all our attention into being right here now um i used to be a corporate trainer and when we were designing training they used to say oh about 20 minutes is people's attention span but the latest research is like five, mm -hmm. you know, it's not very long and something's gone on. And I think we can all guess that the advent of the internet has probably been the biggest thing that's stolen that focus away. Um, but it's quite interesting, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. So we are going to focus a little bit of our thoughts and our minds today on social media and the impact of what we're seeing, Lucy and I were talking before about what we're seeing about our attention, as you say, the impact on our attention, but also what that does then to you. Is that positive, negative? Is it stealing your time? And I'd love to hear some of your experience, Lucy, and what you work, help people work with. Yeah. And I think the key thing that I want everyone to understand i think we all know it in our heart of hearts but perhaps we lose sight of it is where we pay attention that's going to be our life that's the sum of our life so of course it's there's nothing wrong with watching a great tv program or scrolling through instagram or spending some time on facebook whatever it might be but if that's pulling on our time a lot then that's a lot of our life that's spent somewhere else and not present with the experience of living. And the experience of living is in connection with people. So that could happen through social media if we're really having conversations or, you know, there's people that live abroad that we can get to enjoy their photographs of them and their kids or whatever. But actually, how much time are we dedicating to actually turning up for our lives and experiencing the wonder of just existing. And we're so much in the doing that we kind of forget to, to, to allow ourselves to experience being here right now. And when we're connecting with someone, really listening to that person, really kind of paying attention to what's happening. Um, so I've digressed a little bit, but I think that in itself is a concept we need to remember. Where you put your attention, that is your life. Um, and that might, I know you spoke in your last podcast around, you know, perhaps thinking about how much time you spend on there and that might influence that. You know, I'm certainly kind of time blocking my social media and saying, I know there's a hard stop at that point, uh, you know, because I know that otherwise it makes me feel bad. And I, just like everyone else, get sucked into comparisonitis, sucked into, you know, thinking I should be doing more of that or why aren't I more like that? Because we're human and that's what happens to us. But the ability to pay attention to that as it's happening can enable us to then unhook and say, you know what, 
I need to stop now, this isn't helpful. Where else might I be able to put my attention? And I, I think that I think that's the critical thing, isn't it, Lucy, is to know when is time to sort of stop, is to actually ask yourself, is this serving me? Because you know, we're we're not here to say don't use social media ever. We're not here to say that. It's here to stay, it's part of our lives, and it's got some great things we can talk about. And uh, you know, I need social media for my business and like I say, for connections with other people. So it's not about that, but the reason that mindfulness really helps and helps the people that I've worked with is because we start to recognize the signals that are being given off when it's not okay. So a lot of the time and lots of people that I meet, we're very much like a head and our body is kind of secondary. We're not tuned in to our bodies as like a barometer for what's really going on. Um, Ruby Wax, who has written a lot about mindfulness, once referred to it as like her head was being wheeled around and the shopping trolley was her body. And we'd like a little person up behind our eyes and we're not kind of embodied in our bodies. And actually, if we start to listen to what our bodies are saying, we'll notice things aren't okay because our emotions show up there, right? You feel scared, you get that anxious feeling in your tummy, you feel angry, there's tension in your jaw or shoulders. So we will have this reflection, it's like this barometer. So this ability to actually start to realize that the shoulders have risen up here somewhere, or, you know, someone's post has really triggered something that's making your heart race more, you know, they're then these little signals that we can go, whoa, what's this? Mm. What's this? Is this okay? Is this helpful? And then we can really say to ourselves, what would be more helpful? Yeah, um, I think something else to that, just like to what you've just said there as well. A lot of people sit late at night, and you wonder what you know. Obviously, there's the whole you might have a, a, some th- some thoughts on it, the literal, the white sort of light, and the impact on your sleep. But also, what are you feeding your mind, ready for you to be supposedly going to have a restful, nice sleep? Yeah, gosh, that's so important, isn't it? That there's that, it's the overstimulation of the brain, isn't it? At a point where we should be coming down with melatonin should be kicking in and all of that stuff, we're suddenly going, ramp up, let's, I mean, I I got absolutely sucked into this incredible documentary on BBC One the other day, but it was really quite uh, distressing. And I was thinking, I'm gonna be going to bed in a minute. This this isn't a good thing to do because I'm going to have this stuff lingering with me. So that active choice to say I'm going to I'm going to stop now um, because it's not it's not helpful. So I think mm. yeah, around sleep we wonder why when we get to bed when we've had coffee and we've <laughs> overloaded ourselves with social media. So I think something around setting particular times that we know are going to be more helpful um, and really recognizing. Um, the, the sort of negative impact of of when it when social media goes bad kind of thing. Yeah. And again, you mentioned uh, in your last podcast about the design of these uh, apps. They are designed to keep us there. And there's a whole ethical piece that we could talk about. You, you mentioned people that worked at uh, one of the big uh, companies, maybe Google or Amazon. None of them lets their children have iPads or phones. They all go to forest schools. They know how bad this stuff is. 
Um, and people that have tried to raise the ethical issues have kind of been sidelined. And um, so we have to be disciplined in ourselves. We really have to take our own kind of discipline as a form of self-care, if you like, to mm -hmm. say, I recognize that I do enjoy this. I, I love a scroll on Instagram. I love, you know, half an hour on TikTok. However, how might there be a kind of point at which I have the ability to stop? Because it's addictive. It's designed on certain uh, psychology experiments that are done in the 60s. I don't know if you know about the pigeon with the seed and everything, you know. For those that don't know that, have a look at it. It's actually quite frightening that we've been taken such advantage of and, and we need to kind of reclaim it a bit, don't we? I think so. We need to take some of our own power back, don't we? But I think one of the things I think we should say here is that if you have spent however long, so no judgment, however long on social media, so you haven't got yourself down to your half hour, you've just gone for whatever and you've lost however long, we need not then beat ourselves up for that. We've got to just accept and go, okay, I did it. I spent two hours on TikTok or whatever. I got lost in the hole, but I'm going to be okay with that because I imagine you hear people like I do, Lucy, saying, oh, my goodness me, I've just wasted time. And then they get really cross with themselves or they feel guilty. That's no good. No, it's another stick to beat ourselves with. And let's face it, we do that about so many things, letting it not be another one. And I think that's actually a really crucial point that you've raised. And uh, in the working definition of mindfulness, it's the awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. So when we practice paying attention, we'll use something really simple like breathing. So I, I bring my attention to the feel of my breath coming in and out again. And before long, my mind will have wandered to thinking about the shopping or what I'm making for dinner or whatever. And that's okay. We don't judge it. We notice it. We go, yay, I've noticed. And we come back again. And so this myth that we have to clear our minds to meditate, you know, we don't have to do that at all. We're working with noticing where the mind goes and practicing bringing it back again and again and again. But you can imagine how frustrating that is. And you said you've spoken to people. It didn't work. I couldn't do it because often we practice in a way that is judgmental. I'm rubbish at this. I can't meditate. My mind's too busy. It's jumping all over the place and we struggle with it. Um, I, I refer to it as like training a, a puppy. Mm. We could either train the puppy with a stick and a, a choke chain, but we'll get a frightened puppy or a very aggressive puppy. And our, our puppy of our mind, we need to be quite firm with it in bringing it back, but also give it a treat when it's back, which is well done, well done for realizing. So, and I think that same uh, concept applies to if we find ourselves kind of down the, um, what do they call it, doom scrolling, you know, just <laughs> ending up down that rabbit hole, then at the moment awareness arises, having a kind of celebratory moment, like, oh good, I've noticed, I've caught it and now I'm back and now I get to choose what I do next and and let, letting that be helpful and and, uh, and 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 really we have to yeah praise ourselves for that stuff in order to reinforce the good mm. otherwise we're just practicing beating ourselves up and I'm sure like me many of your clients are 
uh, are quite self-critical, <laughs> have that little inner voice that's telling them they're not good enough all day long, every day. Let's let this not be another one of those reasons. Yeah, I think so. And I think the word choose that you use there is such a strong word, isn't it? To choose. OK, choose to be on social media. Choose it and do it. But then choose what's next when you've noticed that it's not serving you anymore. And I think I'd love now to, for us to talk a little bit more about some of your experiences about how once you've got off, you've gone and done the something else, how you notice, how much better you feel. Uh, what, what do you notice about your sharpness, about your thoughts? What's your experience of that kind of thing, Lucy, when people actually do make that choice? And it doesn't have to be going outside, but we all know that outside is so powerful. Well, I think it's a bit like a, a shaken up snow globe of the head and allowing the snowflakes to settle. We know, we know it inherently. I'm, I'm speaking broadly. I'm speaking on behalf of people that I've never met before, but I reckon we all know that when we take some time out, go for a nice walk in the sun or sit in the garden for a bit, if we're lucky enough to have some outside space, or just take a moment, take some rest time that our bodies and minds kind of give us a sense of, oh, thank goodness for that. You know, I think we viscerally can pick up on that. I think there's a, a real felt sense of that. And we need to remind ourselves of that. So every time we do take a break from something, and we feel a bit better. We need to store that because negativity sticks to us like Velcro. We're really good at holding on to that. But when things are good, because of our survival instinct didn't really need to learn what was okay, it needed to hold on to what wasn't okay. Um, we tend to, to forget the things that benefit us. And again, we kind of think there's something wrong with us. Oh, I'm such a negative person or feel myself drawn towards that. But no, that's, that's, part of our design it's part of our survival so it's not our fault but it we do have to actively incline ourselves to what is okay and what makes us feel okay back to this kind of discipline thing a little bit um but i think we can all think yeah i do feel good when i go for a little stroll or um do something pleasurable but my key point i think with this is when we're having a break how or going for a walk or doing other thing that's supposed to be for pleasure even at a, I don't know a yoga class or something where's the attention because I think I look around in my yoga classes and think you're trying to be stretchier than the person next to you this is like a, an outward looking thing like look at all the other people around me rather than listening to my own body and the same when you know we stop to have a cup of tea or coffee there's that sense that we're still planning and thinking we're not our body might be sitting but our mind is still working out the rest of our day. So really seeing if it's possible to bring attention to something that's happening right now. So that would be the feel of the cup or the smell of the coffee, the taste. If we're outside walking around, looking at the trees and the, um, you know, the sunshine, feeling on our bodies, the wind in our hair, actually using the senses, because that will enable us to be present. When we're thinking, we're not present. When we're being we're using all the senses all the um yeah the felt sense of of presentness uh and and that's our way into really being here now i don't know if that answered your question but no, i think it does because i think for me it feels like we're just reminding 
ourselves and, and obviously anyone listening that whatever you're doing, being more aware of how that is actually making you feel. So I'm often encouraging people to just pause and just notice what is that doing? So if it's that you're on social media, which is sort of what our topic is, notice it, do it, enjoy it. And if you can spot when it's now not enjoyable, then there's your, there's your gem. Or if you have taken that, shut your laptop or turn your phone off and gone and done something else, whatever your else is, notice again, how are you feeling? What are you thinking? What's the difference? And that, that in itself is really the gem of all, isn't it? The gem of all things. Yeah, and it's often the hardest thing. The noticing is the first step, but it's the one that we find most difficult to kind of access. Um, there's no surprise that the word mindfulness actually comes from a Pali word, which is an ancient language like Sanskrit. That it's, uh, the Pali word is sati, and it means to remember. And it's not a remembering like what I did last Thursday, but a kind of reminder to be here. And this isn't an unnatural state. If we think about kids up until the age of about six or seven, where they suddenly start feeling self-conscious and that's where it all kind of starts to peter mm -hmm. out. But up until that point, they're present with whatever they're doing. That will be occasionally interrupted by, I need the loo or something to eat or something to drink. So it's not about having to find a new way of being. It's about connecting to what we already know is in here, a reminder to come back, to listen and to allow ourselves to be and not feel like we always have to be doing. I've got kids here, adult kids now, actually, um, young adults, and they don't really know how to do nothing. Mm -hmm. So the minute there isn't something to do, the phone comes up. You know, the minute the conversation stops, they're reaching for the phone and there's no ability to just be in that non-doing. And mm. I think that's a whole podcast in itself, isn't it? Around that sort of addictiveness to the to to the doing, doing. and being on the go busyness all the time. We we are kind of addicted to that state. And it's worth recognizing that and and taking the moments when we can so people often say oh, i don't have time to meditate or sit around but how often are we kind of sat in the car waiting for someone or a bus stop or a you know waiting three minutes for a tube or something what might it be like to just pay attention to what's happening in your experience non-judgmentally right now you know and just allowing ourselves to be watching the people walk by or you know if we're outside engaging in all those senses as i spoke about earlier we can find those bits of time and those moments you talked about those pauses to just check in if we do it often enough that will become the go-to habit yeah. and we'll get better at it and and then we'll find ourselves not kind of being caught in mind wandering for hours on end because we'll start to recognize it more often so powerful, isn't it? We are so powerful. And yet we get ourselves into situations that often aren't serving us, which then causes us such a, a challenge. Yeah. Lucy, let's summarise for everyone what we what we think are key points of what we've talked about today, because I know there's so much in there. And I know, like you say, that we could have other conversations and I'm sure we will moving forward but what should we say is our key things if people were going to take anything I like to talk about what's the one small thing 
that can you, you can take? Noticing where our attention is going, coupled with how does that make us feel? Yeah, I what think so. What effect is it having? And when we get to notice if it's pleasant, brilliant, let's do more of that. If we get to notice that it's causing us unpleasantness, then the ability to notice is fantastic because we can then choose to do something more helpful instead. Yeah. And for me, it is the choosing as well. If you've done it, if you've sat on social media or you've binged something, be okay with that. Don't beat yourself up and choose to take off, turn off, take that break and trial it. You know, I think that's the other thing, isn't it? It's the fear of missing out, the fear that you are something's going to happen. What What is it like when you can just test yourself and say, do you know what? I'm going to have a break. Yeah. And to recognize if the guilt starts that we did do it, that we can let that go. And that's just another place our attention is going that isn't helpful right now. And that it's OK. Let's choose to do something more supportive, more enjoyable right now. I love that. And I think it is about the other thing that's bringing in my mind is that permission to do whichever it is. Permission. Just give yourself permission and accept your choices because, yeah, we don't want to be doing the self-beating. That's a whole a whole other topic which we can definitely talk about. Yeah, and that, that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? That If we have awareness, then it can be a conscious choice rather than just mindlessly having been taken off to somewhere else. And then we've got agency over the only thing we've got choice over in the whole world, which is our own behaviour and reactions. That's it, the only thing we've got any control over. So we might as well utilise that. Definitely. But what's interesting about that is we have got that control and yet we blame other things for taking that away and social media gets thrown in for that but actually you're the one that's on it choosing to do it yeah it's crazy it is it's such a paradox isn't it isn't it brilliant oh I've loved talking to you Lucy thank you so much yeah thank you so much for having me it's been brilliant thank you thanks in next week's episode I'm going to talk about loneliness It can be so disabling for people and it needs to be talked about. I will be looking at loneliness in your head or your mind and will also have a little focus on loneliness in relation to working from home. I hope you can join me next week. Thank you for listening and sharing in this episode of Mental Wealth. Remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. My last question to you is what is the one small thing that you can take action on from this episode? Message me on Instagram or through our website with questions you'd like me to explore. You'll find the links in the show notes. I'll be back with more tools and tips to make sense of your mind in the next episode. In the meantime, be kind to yourself. Bye for now. Oh, 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 oh,